Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast. Today, I'm very happy to welcome Anna Silva Tavares. She's the CEO of RDD Textiles. Uh, hello, Anna. How are you? Hello, Adrian. I'm fine. Thank you for the invitation to be here. Very happy to welcome you. Uh, my very first question is, could you please introduce yourself and tell us about um, the company, RDD Textiles, in a few in a few words, in a few sentences? Yes. Uh, so, uh, my name is Anna Tavaj, as you mentioned, and my background is chemical engineering, and I've been working within the textile industry in Portugal for the last uh, eight, nine years. Um, and uh, RDD uh, is uh, is a company based uh, based in Portugal, uh, where we create uh, um, alternatives to uh, conventional materials and processes for the textile industry. So um, we are a kind of lab company that develops different materials and different processes in order to be applied. Um, in the fashion industry, um, you know this podcast is is very much focused on sustainability. Um, I would like to have your definition uh, of uh, of sustainable fashion. What does it mean according to you? Um, how do you how do you? Uh... Yeah. So um, as we all know, uh, even if we do not know um, the exact impacts of the fashion industry, we all know um, that it, it impacts a lot uh, our environment. That as sometimes an, a negative impact also on the social uh, and economic part of the of the companies involved in the entire supply chain not only brands or producers or but in the entire supply chain uh, supply chain and um, what we try to do at RDD and our vision um, for sustainable development is always looking to to alternatives to what we are doing at the moment so continuous improvement um, uh, in order to find better materials, in order to find better ways to produce our the materials that we use, um, these in terms of dyeing or finishing that gives color and uh, and the hand feel to our textiles, um, and we try to find uh, let's say solutions for a problem that we know that uh, that exists at the moment um, and. Um, yeah, in a nutshell, is is more or less uh, this. And then, of course, depending on what we are talking about, the conversation might be deeper, and it, it goes most of the times in a very technical um, details. But in a nutshell, uh, is this? Um, you are well known for for your bio source materials. Is is this right? Uh, am I right? <laughs> Yes, so we um, most of the times we work with uh, cellulosic fibers, um, meaning that they are coming from from the nature, and uh, even even on this uh, field, we try to find alternative fibers and alternative sources of um, dye stuffs of uh, chemicals that we use on the on the dyeing and finishing. So for us, 
forests and, and generally speaking, let's say biomaterials are materials that we source from the nature. And uh, what we try to do is when we source these materials, because, for example, conventional cotton um, is also from the nature, so it's also a biomaterial, um, but uh, biomaterials also uh, might have uh, huge negative impacts um, in terms of consumptions, uh, if, even if it's on the, on the grow um, or uh, on the cultivation side or on the dyeing side. Um, and we try to use different um, different biosource materials like uh, banana or uh, lyocell or um, ananas, uh, some some different uh, um, fibers um, that has less impact than the ones that we are uh, used to to see uh, in our materials every day. Um, my understanding of cellulosic sourced uh, material or is is a bit controversial because of um, because of a chemical uh, that needs to be used in the process of transforming cellulose to fiber. Or, or what is your process? Or is it made? And how do you respond to um, to to this uh, to this question? So um, depending on the type of uh, fibers that we are using, for example, on the banana, for example, or ananas, these. This does not apply because these fibers are mechanically extracted from uh, leaves, uh, for example. And um, so there is no, um, let's say, chemical uh, process uh, to, 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 have, to get it. Okay. But uh, on, the, on the regenerated fibers from cellulose, which we name um, artificial fibers, um, depending on the solvents that we are using on the process, the process might be um, better or or worse for in environmental spe speaking, let's say. So, in the in case of uh, lyocell compared to viscose, for example, we know that the process to get um, viscose is um, is normally worse than the than the one to to get lyocell. That's why we try to use. Um, most of the times, lyocell, um, or um, alternatives to conventional viscose, uh, like circulose, for example, from Renew Cell, which is a new approach um, to, to, to the production of, of fibers. We ourselves, we do not particularly produce fibers. Uh, we normally use partners uh, to scale up uh, fibers on um, to a commercial commercial level. So uh, we get the fibers we or the yarn in this case, um, and um, and we we apply them on uh, knitted fabric structures or seamless, for example. Uh, we dye, we finish with our processes, and then um, we get them commercially available. That's how we 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 work on this part, as we are not fiber producers. Okay, so your role as um, in developing biosource material is is uh, is is, um... is the use is the use of the of the materials since its very beginning. So you have the fiber, and uh, we buy normally the, the the yarn, or we can do it because our company is um, uh, connected with a, with a group of companies here in Portugal named Valerius, 
um, and uh, in some of these companies we have different capacities um, uh, in terms of the, the textile segment, let's say. So, for example, we have our own recycling center where we collect leftovers from the garment makers and uh, we make our own recycled yarns. But there we we go up to 50% of recycled content and then we blend materials um, with these, these recycled materials with other fibers. And, for example, in case of new fibers, we can also blend uh, with our recycled materials, for example, and get um, and get uh, um, alternatives, let's say, from what we um, from what we have uh, nowadays available on uh, on the market. What are the possible uses of uh, of uh, these fibers, those fibers? So we can apply them, as I said, in our case, we apply them most of the times in knitted fabric, circular knitted fabric structures. So okay. we can do like a simple jersey for our for our everyday t-shirts, or we can develop um, like uh, interlocks or pleases or whatever to get our our hoodies or um, pants or shorts. So it really depends. But normally we apply these on structures that are. Uh, commonly used on um, on the fashion industry. Or are you responding to the changing market expectations, you know, and, and what are those expectations actually uh, from the market? Mm-hmm. What we see from the clients that come to us, so most, we have two um, different situations, let's say. So we have the clients that we are already working and uh, that somehow know what we do and how we work that are coming to us. And the expectation is always to find um different uh, different different fibers or different processes so they come to us with a, with the sustainable development uh, in mind because they know how we work um on the other side we have always new contacts um that see our website or get to us through through another brand or or other other sources um that do know do not know exactly what we do and when we Present them uh, uh, our our materials. Um, they they get most of the times they are really interested on these materials. Uh, it's just that sometimes um, people are not yet prepared to accept the some of the changes that you need to accept uh, in our in your let's say uh, current way of work um, because. Some of the processes that we use uh, have some uh, or limitations from one side in colors, for example, and the client. This is something that it's very difficult to accept from the the the, the brand design, in general. Yeah, yeah. And the design teams are very focused on um, on what they know uh, that exists, and then it's uh, sometimes difficult to introduce, or it takes time at least to introduce. Um, other other ways of working uh, in the in these teams, um, and on the other side uh, is the price side is also um, a topic because some of the times when we are working with these materials, they are or, or processes alternatives, um, they are on a phase that are not yet. Uh, like a uh, uh, huge yeah, but, availability yeah. on the market, yeah, of course, which which makes them a little bit more expensive than the conventional ones, and sometimes the the price issue is is um, is a topic um, as well. But what we feel is that we have been overcoming these barriers through the years, um, even um, because the clients that we are working are already uh, with this uh, in mind. 
um, and they really want to change. And normally the clients that work with us are really committed with um, with changing. So um, this is uh, the two different situations that we, we see. Uh, why is it difficult to, 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 to reach the right colors and um, the expectation of the design teams? Well, because most of the times when we talk uh, um, about alternatives to conventional dyeing, so to talk about the topic of the color specifically, um, mm. we have um, natural dyes, we have uh, uh, dyeing with uh, with different kinds of dye steps or pigments that we are that we have on the on the market before, and uh, sometimes we are not able to get some colors, and I'm I'm, I'm I can take you the example of black. Uh, at the moment, it's not possible to get a real black with a, with a bio-based um, sources in terms of, uh, of dye stuffs or pigments. Um, and uh, sometimes, uh, even if we use black pigments to, to try to reach this, um, this color, um, the, the color in the end is like a dark gray most of the times, and uh, the clients want black. Um, this is uh, sometimes this is um, a barrier, or if or if we talk about, for example, the bacterial dyeing that we are uh, using in our in our facilities, um, the colorifics one, um, the the color palette is uh, is reduced compared to the infinite colors that we have in conventional uh, dyeing. Um, so you need to accept most of the times colors that. Uh, are like in a color card and not choose your own color. And this is something that the brands still need to to accept and to implement in their um, in their way of uh, of designing uh, garments. And um, yeah, sometimes it's difficult. Could, could you tell us about your your dyeing process, uh, which seems to be very eco friendly and innovative? Um, how does it work? Uh, what's the difference between uh, a, your, your way of dyeing and the conventional uh, dyeing process? Yeah, we have at the moment, uh, let's say, three different processes that are really uh, less uh, impactful than uh, than the conventional ones. So one of them is the colorifics one, uh, where we have a, a fermenter and we grow bacteria to produce pigments, and we use these pigments um, to to dye our fabrics. Um, in this case, first we do not use chemicals on the process. Then um, it's a it's a very short process in terms of time compared to the conventional um, dyeing. So it's like one, I don't know one. So it's 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 like one hour compared to eight hours um, conventional dyeing. Um, then one of the other processes that we apply as well is uh, Hesychrome. Hesychrome uh, uh, is a technology belonging to Officina Plus Thirty Nine, uh, uh, an Italian company that partnered with us to to get powder out of our scraps, textile scraps. So uh, they are able to turn it into powder, and uh, we develop. The, the the dyeing process to to get uh, to get uh, different uh, different colors. Still, um, the, the in theory you can get also a wide variety of um, of, of colors because uh, each each kind of scraps, depending on the color that you have at the beginning, will give you another color uh, in the end, which is normally lighter than the original one. So imagine that you have a green 
a dark green t-shirt that have leftovers in the cutting um, and we send these to 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 Officina Plus 39, they get powder and we use this powder to to dye, then we will ha have a, a, a light green uh, in the end. So when we use this to, to dye again. Um, but uh, it is a very interesting processes, uh, process as we have like a zero waste approach because we are using only leftovers to get uh, the, the raw material to, to dye. Um, and, uh, and then we have on the black side um, three different kinds of uh, blacks that we use to, to dye, uh, which are like nature coatings and black and uh, living ink. Some, so all of those coming from, uh, from different natural sources, like from uh, wood, um, when in case of, um, of the nature coatings from, uh, uh industrial amp waste for amp black and algae, uh, for, um, for living ink. So let's take the case of the living ink, for example. We can use this um, this pigment to different in two different applications on the printing side and also on the garment side, um, and we are able to to achieve um, grays and dark grays shades um, on the garment dyeing and really really a, a black uh, on the on the printing. Um, so these are the let's say the three most important approaches that we have running um, at, uh, at the moment. Um, but still, um, we are always looking for, for, um, for newness in these, uh, in these areas. So um, probably in the near future, we will, uh, we will have something else to, to present as well. And to be very, very clear, uh, what impact does it have on the environment compared to traditional dyeing method, actually? Because um, I understand that uh, those methods are, are much more eco-friendly, but uh, compared to the conventional uh, way of dyeing, uh, what are the differences? Well, all of them have different, um, different advantages, let's say. So in case of, of colorifics, for example, and also recyclants. So we avoid uh, using chemicals on the process. Okay. So we don't, we do not use, uh, chemical dye stuffs to, to get this, um, this dyeing. Okay. Um, this is one of the advantages. Then, uh, also the, the temperature of the processes are, uh, lower than the temperature that you use on, on conventional dyeing. So less consumption of energy, for example, uh, le much less consumption of, uh, of water as well. Um, so the avoid of salt, for example, on the, on the dyeing uh, side. Um, so depending on the processes, they have different advantages. Uh, so we, we need to look into each one of them and compare in terms of all the impact that we know that, uh, that the dying process have. So water, uh, energy, uh, chemical side, chemical side, um, and, uh, and compare. And in all of what we can say is we develop LCAs. Um, so life cycle assessment to, to, um, new processes that we have, uh, in the house or always compared with the, with the traditional, uh, conventional dying and and in all of them we see we see advantages uh, sometimes uh, it changes uh, like where where it is better or in which property in which parameter it is better um but um that in the, an overall picture they are um, always better than 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 the conventional 
What would be the, the champion material to use uh, to reduce the impact on the environment the most? Well, I guess it's difficult to to name uh, only one uh, only one material because, as I told you, so we have plenty of materials to available in nature to to you to to use, um, and all of them have different properties. So it really depends on the applications that we have for for these materials. For example, uh, we we cannot expect to to use for example some of the materials that we are mentioning here for if we are looking for very technical applications for example because there the alternatives might be um, might be others so in our case and in the fashion industry I personally believe that the regenerated cellulosic fibers uh, will play a very important role in the in the future because two things Uh, together so from one side um, we normally work in, work with um, renewable sources of uh, of material if uh, from the nature or from uh, from recycling because we are far away to to get this industry zero waste so in the meanwhile we should ha be able to at least use these uh, uh, waste and make them not waste anymore so make them raw materials and we are doing this and on the other side because chemistry is uh, is also evolving in a very positive way so we find out at the moment very um, so many alternatives of um, of uh, processes in terms of of chemicals to 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 be able to get to get new fibers and these two things combined i believe that will change um, Or at least play an important role on the changing moment that we are uh, that we are living in the fashion industry at the moment. Mm. What are your your biggest challenges in the in the coming years? Well, I guess that not only for us, but but for for everybody. So we all know um, this is a very cliche, maybe, but we we all know that the consumption overall uh, is um, it will continue to grow, even if in the moment uh, we are facing a very low market uh, uh, trading at the moment yeah. so to, mm. it's uh, i i guess it was uh, quite ex expected um, after after the last few years but uh, still the the consumption overall will still uh, increase in the future because the population is is increasing so and the the, the lifespan is um, growing and growing Um, and we will not have resources available to consume to be able to consume what we are uh, consuming at the, at the moment, and we do not see this consumption decreasing. Uh, so the, the changes, the, the challenges in the future for us are uh, still finding um, like alternatives in order to be able to keep the comfort and the lifestyle that we have at the moment because I do not believe that we will um, just by by mindset or by belief by heart let's say uh, change our our way of life just because someone says that the planet is uh, is dying so um, I guess our challenge is to find alternatives to keep the comfort that we are all um, expecting to to have in our life Um, but doing uh, less bad to to the nature and to to the people um, in the in general. So, 
What are the, the, the new biosource material um, that are arriving? You know, maybe that not at uh, that not ready yet to 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 get used. But uh, what are the ones that that are that that you are looking at at the moment? Well, uh, we are looking into many different materials. So, as I mentioned already, for example, circulose from renewed cell, yeah. an alternative to conventional viscose. Um, but there are There are others like uh, ever new materials, for example, or spinova materials. These are the ones that we see popping in the in the market. Even though uh, if some of them uh, are not yet able to scale in terms of uh, fiber production, but they are uh, almost there, and um, we keep we keep track on uh, on these uh, on these kinds of materials. And we most of the times we start to work with start. To work with them or with these kind of companies in the very beginning so uh, when they do um, not have still availability of fiber sometimes they do have just one or two kilos and we try to make some something out of it to, to, to let's say less, like a, a proof of concept that it works and that they should go further so um, we, as I said m most of the approaches that we have at the moment are looking for um, bio-based materials, yeah. alternatives to to cotton, for example, yeah. um, like the banana or ananas or whatever that are still um, uh, exactly without any chemical process. And then um, also on the regenerative fibers from, um, from cellulose. These are the, the most important two for us. According to you, how can the fashion industry accelerate this sustainable revolution? Well, um, this is also a difficult question, but um, because <laughs> there are, I guess, I guess that there are many, many ways so um, of doing it. Um, because I, I do not believe that there is a, a one way, a, mm. like a, exactly one way. It really depends on the on the on the brands that we are um, working with because. Uh, We should we should uh, think that um, brands or uh, well-established brands are um, used to to work in a in a way, and they have the entire business model, the entire supply chain, um, um, so based in uh, in a belief um, that uh, we need to produce more, uh, we need to get cheaper prices uh, in order to get good quality materials, in order to offer more and more. To, to our clients. This is more or less the mindset, even if they classify uh, themselves as a fast fashion brand or non-fast fashion brand, doesn't matter because in terms of supply chain and um, and um, the use of materials, uh, they all uh, want to sell more in the end. So uh, I guess that the biggest challenge there. Uh, is to sell differently. So is to put on the market materials that have different value, added value, um, from uh, from the ones uh, that we are seeing at the moment and get the right message for the consumer to understand what, uh, why they are paying more for those materials. Because even uh, if we try to believe that uh, the prices that we see um, on the on the market are uh, the right prices most of the times we know that they are not so it's not possible to find a t-shirt uh, at five euros in the in a store 
um, and we all know that someone uh, have lost money uh, in the process because uh, it's not possible to get these prices and we all know that we all that work in the industry know that so uh, for me the mindset is um, how to market different materials for brands that are very well implemented in a very um, let's say established market so change these this mindset from the brand but also from the consumer uh, is um, is different and I guess most of the times brands are afraid to change or to change this because somehow they are afraid of losing their identity for the consumers that are already um, old clients and or um, like clients that are already uh, using the brand for for some time so then we have other brands that are now popping up and these brands for me have uh, um, a kind of different challenge because they are born just now so um, they might attract different niches of consumers that uh, the normal brands um, don't uh, don't have so um, for all of us it's a very challenging time at this point because we all know and there is nobody at the moment that does not know that has to change it's just to find what what to change and how to change and this is different from each um, each brand from each segment uh, se- segment of the of the market so it's a very very challenging time hmm. I would like you to put your 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 foot into the um, the shoes of of a designer. When you are a designer and you are visiting Premier Vision, what should you look at? What are the right indicators? What are what are the right certifications? What are the things you need to to look at to make sure that the products you're gonna make uh, will be more sustainable? Well, I guess that um, as a designer, uh, we uh, I, I think that. The, the one of the most uh, um, difficult thing to the designers at the moment is the availability of a wide range of different materials and processes that are uh, showing uh, at the, in the market uh, nowadays. So it's uh, you need to become like a technical person to mm. understand what what or which which would be the best material or the best process to apply. In the in the products that you are um, that you are designing at uh, at the moment, of course, as you mentioned, certifications might be um, one one tool uh, at least in order to get some traceability of the process and some uh, some confidence. Let's say that the companies that are presenting different alternatives um, or alternatives to, to conventional are following some rules. Let's say because it's just not to present something that is coming from like or name it biosource or or saying that is uh, organic or whatever that makes the product better it's not because i'm saying it's because it was uh, somehow uh, evaluated by um, by a third party and i guess this this is important of course so to 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 get this on the on the pocket as well when you go home and um, and think about it so um and then also um let's say, um, study uh, the, um, the materials. So compare it to the ones that you were intent to use before. Because 
what we what I feel when uh, we feel as at least as RBB um, is when we are when we are discussing with the with the designers most of the times uh, they 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 say what they want to to do but maybe they never thought on the product uh, in a conventional way and then compare to the to the alternative materials or processes that can they can use to to achieve this material it's normally the other way around so mm-hmm. they see something new and they want to use it and sometimes they start asking questions can i do that or that or that or that and sometimes we say let let us know what do you what do you intend in the end so what is the product what are the colors? What are um, so? W- what are the the, the final uh, intent that you have with the with this with the product? Let let let, let us know, and then we suggest some uh, some alternatives. This is um, sometimes it's a difficult conversation, but I have to say uh, because um, when you come to to an expectation that uh, you can apply. You see a technology, and the first thing is, I want to apply on this, that, and that. And sometimes it doesn't work because it's in, it's developed to do something else. And um, uh, so, he, he, first they they want to know all the uses, and then they want to 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 think on uh, on what to do. And I think it should be the other way around. You should know what you have to what you want in the end as a product, and then trying to fit the the different solutions that we have um available to get this and and see what to, what is possible and what is not you've been chosen to create the new uh, hostess outfits for premier vision uh, paris could you tell us about the design and creation process of this outfit and what materials did you use and why and uh, of these outfits reflects rdg textile commitment to sustainability and innovation in materials so um, we we were uh, challenged to to develop this um, this uh, this garment. Um, so uh, what we what we tried to do it was exactly uh, what I told you actually as as a process. So we try to understand what they need yeah. uh, as a garment uh, and uh, what were what were the the uses that the, the materials would would have in the end. Um, and we have different uh, people working on it. So the, the, the designer itself, and uh, but also um, the product development team, uh, together with the R and D team, in order to prove that it was possible to create a very, let's say, um, conventional in a way because it's it's a garment that everybody can use with a good performance with a. With a color that was chosen by the the, the organizers okay. in this case, um, and we apply that we try to apply the technologies that we have in house available to do this. So, um, starting from the garment itself, we try to use less, um, let's say, accessories that sometimes are on the garment just because of aesthetics, because we are used to to have it, but we don't think normally that. The, the what is the use of it and sometimes there is no use for it so we try to avoid these kind of things and then we used um, um, a material to to develop the 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 outfit which was uh, bamboo iocell blended with uh, with banana and arana so three different uh, fibers that are cellulosic uh, uh, fibers 
um, so some of them natural, natural, some of them in the case of Lyocell, uh, it was a regenerated fiber. Um, all of them with these advantages that I mentioned before compared to, to normal materials, to conventional cotton, for example, that probably would be the, the, bet, the, the, the first option if we were not thinking about, uh, about sustainable development. Um, and then we applied the, the Resichrome technology to dye. Um, these materials. So we were, um, let's say, applying technologies that that were allowing us to present um, a much better, much better performance, environmental performance on the garment. That uh, if we were not thinking um, uh, on sustainable development at all, because it would be probably. Uh, woody um, made out of cotton or out of polyester uh, died uh, conventionally. So um, the, this would be the first option. So um, uh, we we try to get the most uh, um, the better, let's say, environmental performance of these garments uh, possible. Perfect. Um, all right, let's move to the quick rapid fire um, part. Um, My question is very tough as well. So it is, uh, what would you like to close the door to in our industry? <laughs> so, the, um, well, I guess a changing mindset is the um, is is the is the right question. Is the right uh, the right uh, way? Uh, my my question is, um, how would you? I mean. The, We are talking about uh, changing the business model, actually, uh, because uh, if you if you think like uh, you, you need to to produce less to uh, uh, to consume less, uh, and, and changing the mindset would be uh, to uh, to decrease or to 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 make less uh, less growth. Um, Do, do, do you have any example of um, of a company who have uh, 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 the best mid business model for the future? Well, I'm not sure if it's the if it's, if it's the best, but uh, um, I guess is at least um, one of the the most recognized, let's say, in terms um, in terms of of uh, sustainable um, sustainable development in in our industry for example patagonia um, or um, or other companies that are now arising with uh, with the same model so use very uh, durable materials very um, so present services to clients that give them the the option to keep the materials longer in life that do not do not uh, Um, and give the consumer, let's say, the those intention that, uh, like those 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 impression that uh, garments are um, something that we can use for one or two times and uh, and just throw away. Um, so I know that for brands is um, is difficult to to change this because uh, the business model is. Um, It was, I mean, they 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 were born uh, with with this in, in in as a base of their business model, um, but uh, extend lifetimes of uh, the lifetime of uh, of a product and uh, give the clients, for example, a, a services a service to to be able to keep these materials longer, or 
to to give like the right sentence that should that the clients should wear these more and more uh, instead of buying new materials. And this can be um, the approach can be uh, not not selling cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, but selling at the right prices that make people not to throw away things. Um, because I, I believe that this is the the one of the biggest. Uh, problems in the in the um, in the industry is this is because we are so apart from the fact that we are extracting um, a lot we are just extracting a lot but we are because we are consuming more than we need ah. and um, and I think the, the this mindset change uh, would be on on the way that we are used to consume um, nowadays but even more than. Uh, than the use of uh, alternatives, you know, because just using alternatives uh, in terms of materials and processes, if we still consume more and more and more, mm. it's going to, to turn into a point that there is, um, we will be on the same. Um, but, but, but it doesn't work for your business model. Uh, as, as, a, as a material uh, seller, you, you, I mean, the more you sell, the better, no? No, of course, of course, we want to sell. Um, but I mean, the, the market is so global. It's it's so yeah, it's huge. Mm. So there is market for many, many companies, many, many producers. If all of us have um, the the right, uh, let's say, the right mindset, I think that we should we can all um, still work and still have a profitable companies because we should sell the materials in the correct prices what is not happening at the moment because imagine uh so you have a structure uh, that you need um, i don't know uh, um, x amount of uh, of money to 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 run it so you need to sell let's say two millions with a 20 margin to to get your company um Uh, running and uh, and profitable. If you sell, you have two ways of selling. Or you sell cheap and you have to sell more. Or you sell um, a little bit more expensive and you need to sell less. So I guess if this kind of mindset will, when this kind of mindset will be in all um, ingredients of the of the supply chain, this might change. So this is my belief. Where do you look at to get inspired? Well, um, we look at many <laughs> at many places actually, but um, uh, I I would say that most of the times um, R and D uh, is uh, is our focus. So we look into companies that are or into possible partners that are um, still a little bit far from the end market. Uh, and we try to to develop um, to develop together with them. So we believe that collaboration is um, is, is one of the key uh, the key words for for the future. Great. Um, what is the last piece of clothes you bought? Um, me. Um, so it was um, sneakers, I guess. So okay. not clothes. It was it was shoes. <laughs> so the, the clothes I, I I actually do not remember, but uh, but it was shoes. So the last the last buy. Yeah. 
From where? From, from what brand? Yeah, from Veja. From Veja, okay. Uh, who is the personality you would like to listen to in this podcast? Ah, okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no worry. Sorry. Um, well, um, I would like that um, chairman of brands that have the power to, to change the mindset into their, um, into their companies um, uh, could listen to this kind of podcast. This podcast, not only this one, but uh, this kind of podcast that enlighten or try to enlighten ourselves for, for changing. All right. Will do. Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to have you um, and, uh, and hope to see you at uh, Première Vision uh, in the coming weeks. Take care and have a good day. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end. If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. Just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion.